Welcome to Breaking Ground. I'm your host, Devin Kolka. On this show, we meet with industry leaders in the construction, real estate, and design industries. Today's guest is Tim Shea, partner at Sir Tillman Balin. Tim's an expert in land use on Long Island, and we're really excited to have him on. So, Tim Shea, welcome. Thank you for uh, joining us. Uh, pleasure to be here. Thanks uh, for the invite. So, uh, for those people who don't know Tim, I mean, one of the biggest names on Long Island in commercial real estate, uh, land use attorney with Sir Tillman Balin, uh, doing it for how many years now? Probably about 17 years. 17 years. So, a couple of years, a little bit of experience, and uh, some significant projects. You really uh, help shape Long Island. Well, I appreciate that. Whatever I contributed to it. Awesome. Awesome. So wanted to bring you on today um, to talk about developing on Long Island. I think uh, a lot of people are scared to invest in Long Island. I think a lot of people um, think the process of developing on Long Island is just too gruesome. Um, but, you know, Kolka working with, with people like you have seemed to get it done uh, how do we attract more developers to the area? Well, I, I think, um, yeah, there's no way you can get around the fact that developing on Long Island is a bit of a challenge. Um, it's a challenge because you have uh, a number of different municipalities that have a hold on any development project. You have to deal with the local town or village that you're located in for your land use approvals. Um, then you also have to deal with Suffolk County Department of Health. Uh, possibly Department of Public Works. Um, you may have to deal with uh, New York State DOT or, again, the county with regard to curb cuts um, if you're on a county or state road. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of municipal hurdles you have to get through. Um, one thing we try and do is um, kind of plan it out ahead of time and, and let our clients know uh, what they're in for, um, Give them a realistic time frame so that they can anticipate uh, when they may be able to get through the process and, and get a building permit. Um, so it depends upon the land use applications that you're bringing. Um, you know, uh, but by and large, uh, you have to uh, prepare your applications, bring it in. You have to have open dialogue with the town, the village, whatever uh, municipal entity you're dealing with, speak to their planning department, the local politicians, um, let them know what's coming. Uh, and it's a lot of give and take, and it's kind of figuring out um, how to get to the end product that the municipality is comfortable with and that doesn't affect materially your client's uh, operation. Uh, or ability to make money on the project. So I, I want to get into the, the process a little bit. And as we both know, a lot of properties on Long Island, they need to go through a rezoning. Uh, very rarely will you find something as of right. Uh, that's like finding a needle in a haystack. So um, I understand that each township, each municipality has a different process um, typically, but on a general scheme, uh, you need to get a property rezoned. What's step one? 
Step one is really um, probably taking a look at the property, determining exactly what kind of application you're going to need to make, whether it's a straight change zone or change zone with special permits. Um, then I would go in and I would speak to the town about the project, um, kind of help, let them help us come up with the game plan that works conceptually, make sure that the project is not dead on arrival. Um, there's no sense in, in a client spending money on a project that the town is not going to, under any circumstance, support. Um, and you don't want a reputation for, you know, bringing projects that are not going to be at least theoretically approvable. Um, one of the other things you want to do is, uh, you, you know, you want to at some point, and it's really a, a, an application by application process, um, is you're going to reach out to the local community, civic uh, association or neighbors. Um, when in the process really is about um, the complexity of the, uh, the rezone or the application itself. Um, and uh, whether you know you anticipate and a, a great deal of opposition. I've seen it go both ways. I've seen it where you know first steps you get in front of the civics and they are arms wide open. We love this. We want this. How can we help? I've also seen it where you've gotten in front of them. Um, it's almost poked the bear a little bit and woke and and now you have Facebook groups and and pamphlets that are going out to oppose this. Uh, is there a way to really assess that going in? Uh, you, you know, it, it it's very very difficult to so uns to uh, slip it by the civics these days. They're very well informed, um, and I usually try to go to them fairly early in the process because of the fact is that they're going to be. I'd rather have them be educated on what the project actually is than to guess at it. Um, people fear change. Um, and especially with land use. I say, always say is if everything remains the same, it doesn't matter what the condition of the property is. You change it, even if you change it for the better, and somebody's going to start paying attention to it. So um, I think going to the local civics fairly early in the, pro in the, uh, in, in the project uh, timeline is a good idea. I think you can you got to face up to it. You're going to have strengths and weaknesses on most applications. Um, and the idea is to, one, get as much knowledge as you can about what the local community, uh, what their concerns are, and to see if you can alleviate those concerns. And sometimes it's as simple as increasing a buffer, um, you know, uh, moving the building a few feet one way or the other. Other times it's more complex in some uh, applications, the, the community's not going to get behind, you know, at least, you know, a, a segment of the community's not going to get behind. But I always like to think this is that, uh, you know, um, most people are in favor of development, responsible development. Um, so, you know, there's that unspoken majority that are fine with most development. But you always have to be cognizant of the fact that uh, when you're doing development, uh, you're impacting or you there's potential or perceived impacts to neighbors. And the idea is to, uh, you know, understand that and to try to uh, do things and offer things uh, that make them feel more comfortable in the development itself. I agree. I think uh, 
involving the civics early is, is, is a good idea. Uh, I believe you will be able to educate them on what you're looking to do. Uh, you're still going to have a couple people that are unhappy about it, but mm-hmm. uh, we're seeing more and more shifting, you know, the negative feelings to positive feelings. I think I think civic associations have matured over the years. I think a lot of times it was just no, no, no. I think most civic associations now um, realize that um, that we do need development on Long Island and that what they should be looking for is to improve the developments that are offered. Some are some projects you're not going to get a yes from a civic association. You're not going to necessarily get a yes from neighbors. Um, but what you try and do is, is is adapt on the run and get to a point where you've offered them what you can and you got to see where the chips fall. Um, you know, and I think that uh, you know that's the way to responsibly develop on Long Island. So uh, I'm looking at some property right now in the town of Brookhaven. I know you do a lot of work with uh, with Brookhaven. Um, I understand, you know, the difference between the zoning board, planning board, and the town board. Uh, but for anybody who's listening, can you just explain how they uh, work together? Okay. So, um, well, the first thing you have to assess is whether the property is zoned appropriately for your development project. Uh, let's say for argument's sake that it's not. Um, then you have to bring a change of zone application, and that uh, gets heard by the town board. And ultimately, every town has a town board, and they have jurisdiction ultimately over those uh, those type of applications. Um, some towns require you to go to the planning board first for a recommendation, and you'd have a first public hearing in front of the planning board. Uh, Brookhaven doesn't do it that way. You file a change of zone, and um, you process it through with staff. You process it through with dealing and talking to um, local civic associations, et cetera, and eventually you get a hearing date. Um, Typically, how long does it take to get that hearing date? Um, it can be if you're... If, it's based upon the complexity of the application. Um, so it can be anywhere from, on the short end, nine months or so, Um so others can drag out for years. I mean, uh, it just depends upon, you know, the totality of circumstances. A lot of it is patience and um, being able to see the forest for the trees and say, okay, uh, it may not appear that we're getting there fast, but we're getting there. Um, and I've had certain applications where, um, you know, they, they languished um, for a while, but um, because you have, developer who wants x and the town wants y and the civic wants z and you got to try and figure out how to get them to a mutual place where they're all comfortable so that first hearing you get that that hearing what are you going with are you going with your engineered civils are you going with your renderings yeah you got to get a site plan together you want to demonstrate that the site works operationally that it works environmentally um, that you're not really impacting neighbors. Um, you want to get the renderings for the building because, uh, you know, a picture's worth a thousand words. And if you have a nice building on a nicely designed site, that gives you a big leg up on uh, getting a successful outcome. Um, you, so you'd bring your engineer, you'd bring your architect. Uh, traffic is always an issue on Long Island. Is that something that you should do 
prior to getting to that hearing or oh, that's is, is that like, requested? What you do is at the beginning, you're hiring a development team. The towns are going to require you to file with your application a site plan. They're going to require you to file a environmental analysis, what's called an LEAF. Um, and all of those things are folded into the application process. So you, you want to hire a team at the beginning. And it depends upon the size of the project um, as to, you know, what kind of an engineer you want, what kind of traffic consultant, um, you know. Are you hiring Kalka yet for construction? Uh, we, we, we've talked a few times, right? So, um, you know, it's really about uh, putting all the pieces together. You want a development team. And, uh, you know, there are plenty of very good professionals on Long Island that uh, know how to design a site, um, who listen to input. And, um, and that's the most important thing is really having a team that's coherent. And they, they, they're all listening to each other. And um, you want to end up with a product that is approvable and works. Um, so let's assume for argument's sake, you get your change of zone app, uh, granted. Um, the next step would be to make a site plan application. Now, it's been my understanding that when you get your change of zone, um, they pretty much have a good idea of what they're going to see in that site plan application. Yes, you're going to, you know, most towns have an expectation that, uh, and they may even reduce it to covenants that, um, you know, anticipates that the project will look the same. Uh, the unfortunate part uh, is that we are balancing town's needs for control versus having a certain degree of flexibility, not only for that project for 20 years down the road when that project or 40 years down the road, maybe that project um, needs, you know, relief, needs a, a change. You know, it, you want to have certain degree of flexibility, and that's always the... Uh, the push and shove between applicants and, and, and municipalities. They want, municipalities want to, and, and civics want definitiveness. And um, you really should build in some degree of flexibility as far as future development because you want to encourage development. You want to get development done quickly when you can. Um, you know, the market has substantially changed over the last number of years and, and, and you can see it and everybody sees it. People are using Amazon, they're using Walmart, they're, you know, for deliveries. They're using other retailers for deliveries to their house rather than going to the brick and mortar. Um, so, you know, right now, warehouses are hot. And uh, you have to find appropriately zoned parcels um, that can handle a large warehouse space in order to have that. Um, that and that's, that's a hot commodity. So you've got to design things the right way. Um, and many times they do require a rezone, um, especially for those ones that are the last mile. Um, you know, the towns usually like to keep the industrial pieces kind of hidden away. Well, that doesn't work for a half, that, that last mile where you live, you know, on the North Shore, the South Shore. Um, and uh, so you may be seeing more of those rezones for small industrial or mid-sized industrial to be used for that where that last mile warehouse so that they can get the product to their uh, their customers quickly. So you mentioned uh, covenants and restrictions. What, what is a covenant? A covenant is a uh, recorded document which restricts your ability to um, 
do certain types of things on your property. Um, health department requires them on almost every health department application that requires a variance. And so we record a lot of those type of uh, covenants. Town boards typically require them as a condition of making your zoning what's called effective. Um, so you may have the grant, but it doesn't become effective until you record the covenants. Again, a lot of times those, and in most times, they're based upon the concept plan that you've provided to the town and on the application that you've, uh, you've submitted. Um, so you record the covenants, you've put in your site plan, um, the planning department normally will determine whether you need variances. And if you need variances, then they will send you to the uh, Zoning Board of Appeals to get those variances. Um, again, each town has its own nuances and its own policies and procedures as to how you get there. Um, but the Zoning Board of Appeals hears, hears variances and they hear some special permit requests. Um, and then, but the planning board acts on those variances subsequent to that usually and says that, uh, okay, the variances you've received are good and we can now approve your site plan. Once you get a site plan approval, then you can apply for building permits. And that typically is, is pretty quickly after you have site plan approval, you can probably get your building permits Assuming, relatively quickly. Um, relatively quickly. Um, compared you know, to the whole process. Compared to the whole process. I mean, year yeah, to a year and a if, half. If you're going to do a change of zone and a site plan with variances, you're probably looking at two years to mm -hmm. getting through the site plan. Um, and uh, at that same time, you should be on a uh, parallel track with the health department and possibly DPW so that you're hoping that when the town stuff's done, the county stuff is not too far behind. It's always behind by a little bit. Um, and then once you satisfy both the town and the county, um, particularly health department, then you're in a position to get a, a building permit issued. And now uh, if you're on a state road, it opens up another can of worms with state yeah. DOT and, and local DOTs. And it's... Uh, it's a process. It's a process, and you're you're on a lot of parallel tracks. Um, you know, you you got your site plan is going forward, your health department's going forward, and if you're on a state road, you have a state curb cut uh, and a state highway per work permit uh, application that you filed. Um, and so you got to get input from all of those to make sure that the final product that the site plan anticipates and is done in coordination with what. New York State DOT wants or Suffolk County DPW wants with regard to curb cuts. Um, so, you know, it's like I said, it's a, a bunch of parallel tracks. You're trying to keep everything as close to the same time frames as possible. That's great. I appreciate all that knowledge. Um, it, on Long Island, we have hundreds of, of villages and, and tons of towns. I, I've each one having a separate process has got to kind of be annoying at some points. And uh, do you think at any time they'll get together and, and unify? And, and No, no. I, I, I think that um, people like to have control. And uh, it's very hard for any municipality to try and give up control. 
Um, I mean, you just can even look back at uh, when there were discussions about cons consolidating school districts. And you heard all the blowback. And, um, you know, it does it make sense possibly from a dollars and cents point to consolidate school districts? Probably. But people don't want to give up that control. They don't want to have, uh, you know, um, be, and they don't want to be lumped in with a larger group. They want to be able to control their destiny, so to speak. Um, the same is true for town governments. Towns have been have municipal home rule, which gives them control over zoning and land use decisions. No one's going to give up that control. Um, everybody's going to have their their own wrinkles on how to get to the end product. Um, you know, I personally I try to stay within a certain geographic range. I deal with Brookhaven, Islip, Smithtown. To a certain extent, Babylon. Um, I try to not go far beyond that. Um, I, I occasionally take a case in Riverhead or Huntington um, uh, or our firm will, and, and we do work in, in Nassau County too. But my, me personally, I like to stick within those kind of those towns and the villages in those towns um, because it's, it's so hard to cover the whole island. You need, uh, you know, it's tough to keep it all and be good everywhere. It is. It is. And you, you definitely have partners that uh, cover the other grounds that you work with. I have partner John Wagner who covers the East End um, and, uh, you know, all the, the East End towns. Um, we have partners in Nassau that cover Nassau County and uh, partners that cover Huntington. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. Um, if, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they get in contact with you? Uh, they could call my office number, uh, 631-979-3000, or email uh, tshay at sirtillmanballin, and I'll spell it, C-E-R-T-I-L-M-A-N-B-A-L-I-N.com. Tim Shea, Sir Tillman Ballin, uh, your expert in land use on Long Island. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Devin.